0: Go to Philippians, (laughs) Philippians chapter 2, yeah, Philippians chapter 2, verses 12, 13, and 14. Selfishness is so selfish. Um, Let me make a comment here. When the service is ended, other than when it is Baptism Sunday... And there's people that's after the service, and I tell them to do this. When I get through preaching, you exit out and get ready to be baptized. Um, or after I get through preaching, you've got the musicians and singers that come back up on stage. Or maybe if you're a volunteer and you've got to be somewhere else other than here in the building at that time, that's fine. But... For people to use that excuse for me to get through preaching and we get into the altar service to really what every portion of this service is building up to is that altar service, and then for people just to flee out of this building, it's disrespectful. Amen. It really is. Now, I cannot say anything and watch it get worse and worse and worse, or I can say something about it. And I've said something about it because. Now, that could be the very time the person sitting next to you—they uh, need to make that decision—and you're trying to get out of, out to where you can get the Ryans or what? I don't know what I don't know what's going on, but uh, you know, work with me here. Amen. Work with me here. All right, let's read Philippians chapter two as the Bible bus is traveling right on through this book of Philippians. Wherefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as, in, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God which works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Do all things. What's all mean? All, all means all, and that's all that it means. Do all things. Don't You know, the Bible, the Bible commands us to do some stuff, but just rather in a word, difficult. Do all things without murmuring and disputing. Wow. wow. Somebody got another version of that? What's it say? Without complaining and arguing. Somebody else got another version of that? No whining. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. Wow. Bible calls us sheep but I think more accurately we probably ought to be called cows because people do a lot of murmuring. complaining and if you've got a church of 1200 people like we have and if you've got 1% that's whining complaining, murmuring. What were some of the other words? I already said whining. You've got to pay attention. Uh, what? Uh, what was it? Arguing. If you got 1%, 1%, just 1%, you got 12 people griping and complaining and arguing and murmuring, and that can cause some division, and we don't want that. Amen. 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 Let me pray so I can get started. We don't want to leave God out on this. He might have something to say. You know. Father, we ask and pray for your blessing, your anointing, dear God, upon what's going to be said and done. Lord, anoint me to uh, speak this out and anoint those to hear and receive. In Jesus' name, amen. Aesop's Fables. In one of those, it was the two birds that were flying south. He didn't say they were flying to Florida, but that's really where they were flying. As they're flying to Florida, they get across the state of Illinois and they see a pond. And they land in that pond. And in that pond is a frog. And the frog says to these two birds, Where are you going? And they said, We're going to Florida. And the frog said, man, it gets cold around here. I wish I could go to Florida. Well, I'm sorry, we can't can't help you there. And the frog comes up with a brilliant idea. What if each one of you take this stick and put it in your talons on each side, and I will grab a hold of it with my mouth in the middle, and you guys can airborne me all the way to Florida? And the bird said, we think that's worth a try. And they grab the stick, the bird put or the frog grabs his mouth around that stick and they begin out of that pond and there they take off going to Florida. And everything is going great until they get across the state of Tennessee. And then they see a guy standing along the bottom or along his property and as he looks up and sees the two birds with the frog with his mouth grabbed the hold of that stick and he said, that is the greatest sight I have ever seen. Who thought of that? And the frog said, I did splash. he'd have just kept his mouth shut. Too many people willing to take the credit, and the opposite of being that way is what Paul talks about here in this self-same chapter, a man by the name of Epaphroditus. That's a mouthful. He was the messenger that took the letter that Paul wrote to the Philippians, he took that to the Philippians, and Paul said there's been times in this guy's life when he has been close to death. Let me read it. Paul said, Epaphroditus risked his life for the work of Christ, and he was at the point of death in getting the gospel message out. That is the exact opposite of being selfish. Exact opposite. As a pastor, I want to see everybody in this church. I want to see you succeed. I want to see you happy. But what I have known in my life, happiness and selfishness do not go together. They don't coexist. Oh, I'll just add this as well. Nobody finds happiness by looking for Happiness. Oh, I'm just not happy. I'm looking for happiness. I'm just not happy. You'll never be happy. You've got to lose yourself in something bigger than yourself. Then you can find happiness. Selfishness can destroy a home, a church, and a life. Adam and Eve plunged the entire human race into sin and the sin nature because of selfishness. I've got to have what I don't have. Genesis. The Bible talks about a man by the name of Lot. He wanted a lot, and he lost a lot. Lot looked on the well, planned the well-watered plains of Sodom, and that's what he wanted. It was his uncle Abraham's legal right to make the first choice, but Lot said, "Give it to me. That's what I want." It destroyed his family. Destroyed his family. Samson's ministry was never what it should have been. Why? Because of Chanel number five. I want her and I want her now. The first words that we see recorded about Samson are these words I saw a woman. Boom. He's toast. Not, I've got a call of God on my life. Not, I'm doing what God wants me to do. No, I saw a woman. Get her for me and get her for me now. Selfishness ruined his ministry. Absalom rebelled against his dad. His dad was King David because he wanted the crown and the throne. And selfishness destroyed Absalom. All that's left of Absalom is Absalom's pillar. They're in the Valley of Kidron, and it is a massive monument that goes straight up, and there are potholes all over that where for centuries people have picked up rocks and thrown them at Absalom's pillar as hard as they can. And when I was watching as everybody else, and I reached down and I picked up a rock and I threw it down. Thought that is the man where he is, that that man is laying right there, his remains. That is the guy that spoke out against one of the greatest men to have ever lived. His own dad, David, and he wanted what David had, and it destroyed Absalom. I'm not getting my way. I'm being treated unfairly. I'm being treated badly. S-I-N. What's in the middle of that? P R I D E. What's in the middle of that? You bet. And the sin of selfishness will choke you to death. I'm glad we're in a church that's growing. I'm glad we're in a church and there are some seats here. I hate to see that. There are empty seats. I hate to see seats that are saved. These seats are saved. They're not saved. They're not baptized. They're not nothing. And when you do that and a whole long line of seats say, there's somebody that comes into this place, never been here, maybe never been in church in their life. They don't know the proper protocol and somebody, they might sit in somebody's seat. And if that somebody would have a conniption fit over that, how sinful is that? In South Korea, in Paul young Cho's church, if you are a member, you get a red ticket when you get to church. If you're not a member and a visiting guest, you get a green ticket. You are, with a green ticket, you are guaranteed a seat. If you are a voting member paying tithe, keeping the lights going, paying for those seats, and you present your red ticket, and the guy says, I'm sorry, door already filled up. You'll have to come back next Sunday. And you know what? They come back next Sunday. Question. There's my mark right there. Question. Question. How good do you think that fly in America? Not very good. Not very good. Because it's born into us almost to where we're going to be selfish. We've got to have my way. And I had to park too far away from the, from the front door. And you know, there's a lot of cars here. And if, if people got my spot, now I had to park way over there. And it's always the person that gripes about that is the person that's jogging and in a real good fit. And they always gripe about having to park a long way. That don't make no sense to me. <laughs> Jesus said, If anyone will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. There is not one ounce of selfishness in that. None. 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 I tell you what I really feel. I think we got the joy of God in our heart. That'll tamp that selfishness down. But if you don't have that joy here and you're, you're mad as a pit bull with AIDS, uh, uh, you ain't going to have the joy of God here. And that selfishness is going to rise. How's the song go? I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my car. I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my bank. I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my house. Together let's do it right. I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart. I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Down in my heart to stay God commands us to love. God commands us to forgive. Think of that. I can't forgive that person. I can't do it. That ain't what God said. God commands us to love. God commands us to forgive. He wouldn't command us to do something that we could not do. God commands us not to be selfish. And I think one of the ways that we can do this I'm going to give you a helpful hint right here. When the kids were small, we went to Oklahoma. It seemed like, I don't know, every other month we was traveling to Oklahoma. Kay's parents moved down there. Her sisters moved down there. And I agree with what Monty Dash said. He said, it's just like on their license plates. Oklahoma ain't all that. It's just Oklahoma is okay. And I agree with that. That's what it says on their license plate. Oklahoma is okay. And the first trip that we drove down there, I'd point out different Indian hills to the kids and say, kids, look at that. And we'd drive through and we'd seen the biggest McDonald's in the world. How many drove underneath that? How many stopped in? All right. Kids, the biggest McDonald's in the world. Kind of like that Chevy Chase uh, vacation movie. (laughs) That's the biggest ball of twine in the world, kids. (laughs) Everything we've seen, I pointed it out. You know, the next trip we took, I pointed out about half those things. And the third trip we took, I'm thinking this is one boring place. <laughs> it's OK. That's about all I can say. It's OK. You know what? When you come into this church, and the first time you was here and it was like, "Wow, wow, that's a mighty big place. Wow, they got good music. Wow, the preaching' just OK. Wow, they put it up on the, on the screen. Wow, they got good drummer. Wow, they got good this. Wow, they got good that. And the second time you showed up, it wasn't, it was like a mini wow. And then the third or fourth time, it was like, well, yeah, that's what they got. And now by the time, you know, months later, it's like, oh, well, you know, well, boy, I hope it's good today. I, You know, maybe the preacher's got an illustration. Oh, I hope he does. I mean. Uh, you know, keep my interest, keep me from falling asleep. I, uh, I don't know. Service, basically the same. The difference is what's in here. That's right, man. That's right. What's in here. See, taking the trip the first time, yeah, it's exciting. Whether you're going to enjoy the trip the second time, the 22nd time, the 200th time, it's up to you. That's right, man. That's right. It's up to you. Now, seven times in the Old Testament, the Israelis had something special for the year. Let me name them. Some of you can name these. Passover, Feast of Fruits, the Day of Atonement, the Feast of Tabernacles, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the Feast of Trumpets, the Feast of Weeks. It was something that was planned and looked forward to. There is a good way to operate in your life. To where one day does not just melt into another day. To where you have got something planned. You have planned this vacation. You have planned it and you've thought about it and you've put some effort into it. This is what we're going to do and you've looked it up online and you got maybe some brochures or whatever. And this is what we're going to do. It helps you in your, and we see again in the Old Testament, that's what God was doing. He was setting that within their heart that they're going to be excited, and they work on that day, and they come up there, and they've had that day, and then they've got something to look forward to later on. There was something special once every seventh year. It's called the sabbatical year. And there was something special once every 50 years. Anybody? Year of Jubilee. These days were planned. These days were looked forward to. Much like we've got New Year's Day and Valentine's Day and birthdays and Easter and Fourth of July, Labor Day and vacation and Thanksgiving and Christmas. Here in Orchardville Church, we've got the, of course, the Easter service, the Fourth of July fireworks. Twice a year, I try to have the drama team. We do the parade of ministries once a year. We've done, uh, every, every third year, we've done a branch Now we're looking about maybe every year and a half now after Fairfield's opened up, we're going to be having a church camp. Yay for church camp. We have Angel Tree. Centralia Branch has the family triathlon. Orchardville Church has kids family day, kids camp, teen camp. Seeds of faith camp. Now, did you hear, I mean, I can say this and just rattle this off and it just, you know, water off a duck's back. But did you hear that? We have kids camp here. We have teen camp here. We have seeds of faith camp here. Chances are when we have our own camp, there will be little kids and then there will be the uh, grade schoolers, the junior hires, and then there will be the high school and then there will be seeds of faith camp. So instead of having three camps, we'll be having four camps here. We're going to need some help. We have vacation Bible school. We have a women's conference. There's man camp. There's four combined worship services and the Christmas service. Prayer and planning that goes into each one of those events. Oh, I just don't think I'll make it this year. That is putrid. It is. It is. Something that the whole church gets involved with and plans and prays about and puts effort in it and money goes into it. I just don't think, I'll just stay home and watch Dragnet. Is that on anymore? Probably not. (laughs) Every one of these things that I have mentioned, it is the exact opposite of selfishness. The easy thing to do would be not to do anything at all. That'd be the easy thing to do. Very first service in this building. Remember, we had Heaven's Gate, Hell's Flames. That guy that put that thing on, that came in, uh, he told his wife, and then she told me later on, "There's no way we can have that here. There's no way they're 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 not done, and we wasn't done." We wasn't done with the building. We was just up to the wire, and that's what we had planned, and that's what we're going to make happen. And they was a whole lot of workers came in from Orchardville Church to make that happen. And we put on Heaven's Gates, Hell's Flames. And that guy told his wife afterwards, I would have bet money we wouldn't have had it. Those workers came out of the woodwork and they was working and doing whatever it took. Not staying home watching Bonanza. George's kids, I think it was uh, at that time it had been Max and, and Andy. I don't know how many years ago that would have been. Miles and Andy. And uh they they'd invite your friends to to hey you, you need to you need to go to what we're having. Our church is having heaven's gates, hell's flames. <laughs> you know, they're just getting to say that word legally. <laughs> yeah. Heaven's gates, hell's flames. Every one of them things opposite of selfishness. Man, I'm just boiled up and I'm staying home and I don't care and I ain't helping and, and life will pass you by. And when it comes time for God to pass out the rewards, you may get left behind on a lot of this stuff. I was too busy and I was too this and I was too that. I would rather go to Orchardville Church Than any church in America. Well, I never. I would rather preach behind this pulpit than any pulpit in America. And have you seen T.D. Jake's pulpit? You could build a house out of that thing, it's too big. But I didn't build his pulpit, I built this one. I'd rather live in my double wide than any double wide in America. The polyester curtains and a redwood day. <laughs> Queen of my double wife. <laughs> Listen, if my happiness depends upon me, upon you loving me, I might be happy, I might not. But if my happiness depends upon me loving you, I can be happy whenever I want to be happy. If my happiness depends upon you bragging on me, I might be happy, I might not. But if my happiness depends upon me bragging on you, I can be happy whenever I want to be happy. Simple as that. It's not rocket scientists here. Not at all. Here's where I'm at in my life. I would rather cheer than to be cheered. That's right. I would. I would. And that's the great thing about Orchardville Church because I do believe that it's like we're cheering people on. Right. I was at a volleyball game the other night and it's like, man. I thought I was a good volleyball player back in the day, but I think those girls are a better volleyball player than what I was. And I told Nathaniel Burgess, I said, "Listen, I don't want to bring you down, but there's no way. there's no way you can outplay volleyball better than your girlfriend. No way. <laughs> I'm telling you, she's digging them things out and just well, I was impressed. But I like sitting on the sidelines making a fool out of myself (laughs) and cheering people on. I like doing that. I like saying real loud, come on, loker, you can do better than that. (laughs) As long as I can reach, teach, and serve, I'm going to be happy. I'm going to be happy. Jesus said if you seek your life You will lose it If you lose your life for my sake You will find it And Paul gives the I'm not going to say Put them in stained glass window Because I don't like that Paul elevates Epaphroditus And a lot of times I think we get this wrong A lot of, a lot of Preach a lot of sermons about Moses Moses, Moses, the lawgiver. I think if I seen God open up the Red Sea, I'd believe God the rest of my life for everything. So I just don't know how much faith Moses really had to have. Are you, do you get that? Or Elijah, the prophet. Praying down, fire from heaven, and boom, the fire consumes the altar, the offering, the water around it, everything. I just don't know how much faith I'd have to have from there on out to believe God. But Paul elevates this guy by the name of Epaphroditus, who what he done on his day of faithfulness, he grabbed that letter, and he ran that letter to the Philippians church there in Philippi. He ran different things, offerings, clothing, different things that Paul needed. He would bundle him up and take off toward wherever Paul was at. It wasn't like he got in his Dodge Durango. It was a hard, hard effort to get wherever somebody was going back then. And Paul said, there's the guy. He's not selfish at all. He's living a life of unselfishness. And it almost brought him to death because of what he was willing to go through. What kind, of, what kind of reward is that man going to get? I think it'll be a rather handsome reward on that day. That's all, Stan. I'll leave you with one more thought something that my brother Greg asked me. Is either yesterday or two days ago. He asked me, What about what about the devil falling from heaven, raising up against God? Isaiah chapter 14, these are the words of, of Lucifer. I will exalt my throne above the stars. I will exalt my place above the heavens. I will be like the most high God. And I told Greg, here was a being that would rather rule in hell than to serve in heaven. Rather rule in hell than to serve in heaven. Total opposite of having a selfless life to where you're dedicated to God. Total opposite of that. Selfishness is so selfish, and all you got to do is look at the devil and see how true that is. It's so selfish. And God brought him down to the sides of the pit. And you know, one day, in judgment, the Bible said the nations of the world will look at the devil and say, this is the one? This is the one that brought kings Down. This is the one that that destroyed nations. This is the one. He was selfish. And his desire is to lead other people into being selfish. If you want to look at the total opposite of that in a big way, we can see it right there. Jesus willingly laid his life down so that me and you could be born again total opposite of being selfish thank God for that sacrifice bow your heads please Father we thank you God we thank you, we thank you, we thank you for the gift of your dear son and Lord I don't want my life to be wasted you've given me my life and Lord that's your gift to me what I do with this life is my gift back to you God, I don't want to waste it. I want to live, I do not want to live a little selfish type of life. God, help me to be just as your son who is willing to give himself up for others. Help us to do that as well. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: That's sitting me consume us with your majesty consume us with your majesty It's calming my waters. There's a joy replacing my grief. Here's a light defeating my darkness. There's redemption calling and causing all to sing. Father, will you come and open up our eyes and fill us with your heart, renew us with your life, consume us with your majesty. Consume us with your majesty. Singing, Father, will you come and open up our eyes? And fill us with your heart. Renew us with your life. Consume us with your majesty. Consume us with your majesty. Yeah. honor earth, power uh-huh. belongs to. with your majesty consume us with your